welcome to the Dab Ten, everybody. Hey, welcome back. What episode are we on now? Six. Episode six. Episode six. Episode siete. And we're talking about the office. Oh my gosh, we've been waiting for this for so long. <laughs> I'm excited. The office <laughs> is one of the things that has been a constant part of our life over quarantine and one of the things that we have probably done the most is watch the office probably yeah yeah it's just been a constant (laughs) on every day regardless of whether it's netflix or peacock and it's just always there for us right it's like a um it's like a weighted blanket (laughs) always comforting always i actually had a a, i said it once it was like turning on the office is like turning on the lights <laughs> just like when you come home you just turn it on <laughs> turn it on well, it's like where am i gonna start today i don't know Who <laughs> right, before we get into it i do want to just throw out a few housekeeping type things um we want to get everybody to follow us on our social media. We do have an Instagram and a Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, on Instagram, we are at the underscore dabden underscore show. Mm-hmm. And then on Twitter, we are at the underscore dabden. You, you need to subscribe to us on YouTube also. Yeah. We would love to get some subscribers so we can get a custom URL, which is really bugging me because I would love to have you know parody across all devices so if we could help me get a custom url you know i've already learned to zoom in and stuff you know i put in a lot of yeah yeah, i put a lot of work i think the least we can get is a custom url for Mm -hmm. all the work we put in right and our podcast is hosted on anchor Mm -hmm. but you can find us on spotify or apple podcasts also wherever your podcasts are found you can find us we have a website that is the dabden.com check that out i write some blog posts there yeah it's actually a pretty cool website like i will say if i was gonna go to a website i would probably go to this one it's all (laughs) You know, <laughs> and lastly, we have that email. If you want to talk to us, yeah. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, we're not selling weed, so don't even try. Right. But if anything aside from selling, if you want to get at us, you know, hit us up. Yep. We like talking to people. Yeah. Um, it's Davy and Rachel at thedabden.com. So D A V E Y A N D R A C H E L. And I'll also put a little. Thing at that the will be in our description below. Yeah. And if I'm good enough this week, which who knows? Who knows? It may be a bad boy and may may skimp out on it. But if you I'm a good boy, a pop up. but if I'm a good boy, there might be a little pop up in time with when we mention those. We'll see. Yeah. You know, who knows? Well, you'll know because it's already <laughs> happened at this point, but this point. we don't know yet. Yeah. And that's the fun of it. Speaking of which, I do want to give you a shout out because you're doing so much work me in our filming and editing and you have learned so much about all of the the technicalities of this and i've just been sitting back and watching and you're doing it all so it's it's tough but i appreciate your kind thanks but you also do a lot of the actual show notes and you know the writing so it's a it's a two-person you know team so I, I know I don't do nothing, but it's just I know that what you're you're learning a lot constantly. Editing sucks, by the way. It's if difficult. you if anyone's watching this and is like I could get into editing, you can definitely get into editing. It's just kind of <laughs> could try. It's just kind of a pain, you know. It's a big job. Yeah, and it's like no wonder that eventually podcasts hire a team. Yeah, and 
I mean, if we had enough listeners, it might be worth it to hire someone. But at this point, just two person team, just trying it out, yep. learning. Trying I get to all the info. You do all the tech. Lots of Googling going on behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> if you could see our Google searches, embarrassing. It's been interesting. <laughs> So there is some news in the world recently related to cannabis we wanted to celebrate. Good old Virginia. Oh, yeah. Legalizing adult use. Man, so that's going to mean people near Tennessee, if I ever have to go back, it's going to be easier to get access. A little closer. Yeah, a little bit easier. Yeah. Because Virginia is like right on the border of Tennessee, like where where my like family lives so it'd be like a 20 minute drive to virginia and i'm sure they're gonna have stateside cannabis Mm -hmm. but well they it's not going to be recreate like they have the adult use that's gonna start sales in 2024 Mm. how Um, does adult use differ exactly because i'm it's like a recreational versus medical so it's not so there's they have medical already okay they do have medical they yeah they um approved medical a couple years ago but they just recently like literally in the past month opened the first five dispensaries in Hmm. the state so it's just getting off the ground and the adult use recreational market is they're only just starting this year to do a regulatory agency and like establishing the government that whole process yeah like (laughs) the way laura is here yeah lara 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 so (laughs) that's all in progress but all in all it is progress yeah get some gets one of the first true southern states to really yeah the old south yeah it's i mean florida has it but it's not really the south per se i don't think you know not it's not traditionally no It's, it's its own little Swampland. It's a it's its own little fever dream of a state is Florida. <laughs> I love how Michael Scott describes Florida as a delightful swampland or something. Oh god, I, I wish I remembered what it was. It's because of Joe Bennett, right? Yeah, because Joe is like from how you describe it, it sounds like a magnificent swamp or something like that. Joe. I don't know how things work in Florida, which from your description sounds like a colorful lawless swamp. And then in other news, it's been a little interesting science-y tidbit. Oh, the hemp airplane. Yeah. Did you read about this? No. No? Okay. Well, I was was hoping you could tell me about it. Well, yeah, I guess. I guess I can do that. So this company in Canada, Canada, (laughs) (laughs) I'm already pretty big, guys. We've been doing some uh, filming before this, and it's uh, we had to take some pretty hefty dabs. So a Canadian company called Hemp Earth has invented a hemp airplane made out of hemp fiber. It's like a fiberglass made of hemp. So it's like a replacement fiberglass. And all of the interior walls and um, upholstery is made of hemp fiber. And it is fueled by hemp fuel, hemp oil. And just... It's very sustainable. It's it's a very small plane. It's just like a a prototype, basically. So it's not going to be like a... Like a Boeing size is what you're saying. No. Okay. It's a four person plane. It's like 36 feet across, but it's just an experimental basis, and, it's and it works great. The it's very sustainable, and like the hemp oil is easy to come by. Yeah, <laughs> and it takes a lot less to run, and it's a lot lighter, so Damn. it can hold a lot more, um, and it can so it can make it further. But all in all, it's 
very successful. So they're thinking that hemp can become the next a very, future for like the a very good option for replacing other types of materials hmm. in aviation in general. So well, well, well. it's very interesting for a scientific development. I thought it was very cool. Man. And it's just on the heels of our hemp episode, you know? Right. And it just, if only we had more hemp out there, we could do so much more with it. <laughs> right. Man, I don't know about you, but I feel like I could do a little bit more weed. Yeah? Yeah, what do you think? I'm down. Let's get high. You want to go get high with me? Yes. Let's go get high. Whew, all right, all right. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah. Feeling good. jelly beans in my mouth. <laughs> You know, it's a little munchy break. You got to have something there. Quench your thirst. Also a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like the idea, though, of this week we put out a little jar of jelly beans. It's March. Season change. And, most importantly... Pam always has jelly beans. Pam always has jelly beans. Well, it's on. usually jelly beans, but always candy. Yeah. That's Had- our little... Homage to her little her little plants and her little jelly bean container. If only she had a little dab rig and concentrate set up <laughs> at her desk. What a life. Oh my gosh, that would be great. <laughs> oh, so let's, uh, talk, let's talk about the office a little bit. There's a lot to unpack here. It really is. So if you're not a fan of the office, what's wrong with you? And why are you watching this video? <laughs> I just don't understand both of those things. I mean, like, I, I, it's cool you want to support us, but I mean, like, this is like not your video, arguably. <laughs> arguably not your topic. Yeah. But maybe you just want to hear about how great it is. So here we go. Maybe we can sell you on it. Let's go. So yes. it originally was in a British show. It was only for three years. Did you know that? I honestly thought it was way more than three years because The Office is such a long-running American you know it did much better in america apparently um i honestly will say that i've watched very little of the british office Mm -hmm. definitely not all of it and it's hard to watch it's very different it's not aged well And the difference between British and American comedy is just very major. Yeah. It's it's also, I mean, it's it's kind of like eating, you know, a whole different style of food. You have to sort of, you know, have a little bit. Acclimate your yeah, palate. You, you can just dive right in with right. full Ricky Gervais and mm-hmm. the cast. You know, you have to have some sort of like slow ease into the pool of British comedy. And when I first watched The Office, like, in high school, when it was actually on, I did not like it, because I didn't like Michael Scott. Okay, the American... The American version, yeah. Yeah, Because he, it's like the cringe factor of it in the early seasons was too much for me. Like, season one and two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was was late to come to it, but then I started watching it when other people in high school were, but I was definitely too young when it was first on in 2005. I was 10. I remember watching it with my family uh, each week whenever it came out. And it was like a lot of the jokes went, went over my head. Right. As a, as you know, a teenager. But at the same time, like I still really enjoyed just the overt comedy of the show. Goofiness. And, yeah. Of. And then as you get older, you start watching it on Netflix and then mm-hmm. you, you know, 
find it's like oh i've now watching it as an adult for the first mm-hmm. time and now it's like now it's really funny right. well now, my my major love of it can really be owed to Allie because she was a major fan and when i started rooming with her in college this was 2012 so right when it was nearing the end and okay and you had all the all the other seasons to watch and netflix was a thing and i was able to actually watch all of it through and I like absorbing the full story makes it much easier, I think, because versus having it segmented into seasons where you have to sort of follow it at that point. Right. And there's so many things that are like runners or callbacks that make it so great that you only get if you really dedicate yourself to to getting to know the full series thoroughly. I mean, and, and that's honestly thanks to how they created the show and Pretty Amazing much. Amazing writing. Yeah. And I mean, Greg Daniels has done that for every show where it's kind of hard for you to watch any of his shows and not need to watch everything to to understand the full picture of the cast because mm-hmm. everyone's going to go through some sort of transformation at some point. I noticed that you landed the Scranton White Pages account. That is tremendous. Thank you. <laughs> and you sold it to Jan, too. Yes. I guess. I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you really have to owe it all to Greg Daniels. Yeah, I mean, he his amazing attention to detail and the things that I've learned from the Office Ladies podcast makes me just admire him so much, but it's uh it's very impressive and he's been in comedy writing for so long. He started on SNL. He was very on the Simpsons. No idea that he was on SNL. Yeah. That, that he was on the Simpsons. I noted that he was from Ann Arbor as well. That no, we, not Greg Daniels. Michael Schur is. Michael Schur is. Michael Schur was born in Ann Arbor, which is where we are. Yeah. Which makes sense because we found, we were talking about this today when in Parks and Rec, whenever... Right. Uh, Chris and Ann. Yeah, C- Chris and Ann moved. They moved to Ann Arbor. Clearly, yeah. you know. And like Ann, sure. Ann is like, I have family in Ar- Ann Arbor, which is why they end up moving there. Mm-hmm. So it's probably that Michael Shore has family here. Yeah. Where are they? Yeah. I want to know. <laughs> I would love to write. Not in a creepy way. I just would like to like give Mike Shore a gift basket of something. Yeah, just to show our appreciation. An Ann Arbor gift basket because, mm-hmm. you know, what shows? <laughs> yeah. We have dedicated so much of our lives to his shows and his writing. It's kind of, I just yeah. want to you know, give him a little appreciation so back to Greg Daniels though Um, on top of the Simpsons he created King of the Hill which I did not realize ran for 13 years I love King of the Hill I never watched King of the Hill it wasn't my wheelhouse and also my (laughs) age range it's I understand why it's one of those shows that culturally it was very, I mean, one, it's a cartoon, so mm-hmm. it's already going to split a large population right then and there. Right. And then it deals with a southern, you know, Texas family mm-hmm. who works in propane, has a kid who's kind of a, a clown, a mom who's Well, like, the creator of Beavis and Butthead was also Mike, the, the other... Mike Judge? Yes. Yeah, he was he was involved in the creation. And he's a couple, of, and he's like the, the voices on the show, yeah. like a few of them. Yeah, he's got a crazy career. So I had no idea that it was Greg Daniels along with Mike Judge. Mm-hmm. I just I just thought it was Mike Judge. No, it was both of them. Man. So They're he's buddies. so responsible for so many of our yeah. just the shows that we love, which I'm sure have in some way 
influence mm-hmm. so many other people. So right. yeah, just the amount of the the effect that the of Greg Daniels on our society, like mm-hmm. the GD effect. Yeah, because after King of the Hill, we have The Office, and then Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. He went on to write Space Force with Steve Carell, which was okay. <laughs> they are doing a season two. To, they are. Yeah, wow. I, I did read that they are. They're doing a season two, and then Greg Daniels also wrote a show called Upload, which is apparently very good. That I kind of want to watch, but haven't gone around to it yet. Yeah, I. I think that's on Amazon, right? I believe so. Yeah, that's probably why we haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, we don't scroll through Amazon very often. It's a rough UI to like <laughs> in a UX to get through. It's just a rough use. Yeah. With with them, we'll get like, to it though. I, I it sounds know. really interesting. It does. I've I agree. It does sound interesting. It just pains me to watch something on Amazon. From. But yeah, maybe if we download it and get it elsewhere, we can just avoid Amazon altogether. Okay. <laughs> and just bypass that that headache. Yeah, but and after the office, Michael Shore and Greg Daniels team up again and they create Pikes and Rec, which is such a good show. Amazing also. And we they take a lot of the things that they did on the office and kind of translate it, but they also adapt and mm-hmm. involve you know, more elements and yeah. kind of change it up. So it's really interesting to to see the difference and then Mike Shore goes off with Dan Gore and does Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is not a mockumentary style at all. No. So it's this really different process and style that's just all the more comedic for Mike Shore to kind of explore his writing abilities. Yeah, you know? and I, did, I mean, and we're going to have to get topics on Parks and Rec and, you know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine oh, yeah. all together. But those shows are both ones that I didn't love initially, but fell in love with after... I watched it just out of having nothing else to watch. Yeah, binging it. Yeah, and being like, okay, now I I guess I love this. I guess this is my favorite thing in the world now. Maybe it's Stockholm Syndrome. I don't know, (laughs) but I I do love it. And then he also wrote The Good Place, too. You do love The Good Place. That's one of my favorite shows. That's all Mike Sure right there, too. He's just in his creative pocket right there, just killing it. Absolutely. And one of the major things that we love from these three shows Parks and Rec Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Office is the element of the cold open which I think is brilliant and it comes from SNL Mm -hmm. in general which is why Greg Daniels and Michael Schur can write it so well man that's right that's you're right because of the SNL thing because honestly everyone really only assumes cold opens are from SNL you know, and there's not that many sitcoms that that incorporate a cold open element mm-hmm. like The Office does, because it has the mockumentary style, so it can. Man, it's crazy, and I learned I've learned so much about The Office behind the scenes from the Office Ladies podcast. Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey do. They're such a, it's such a good podcast. Such a good podcast. It's amazing. Um, they're on like season four so far. I just binged all of it in the past couple of weeks and got all caught up. So now I'm going to be emailing them all the time, like all my comments and questions. Like <laughs> You're now a full podcast yeah, addict like I, I am, am. I am definitely going to be participating in those conversations. Yes. But anyway, she talked about cold opens when they first start in season two, because the first season doesn't really have them. 
Um, yeah. It was very, you know, preliminary kind of the whole season was a pilot. It's kind of how they describe it. Wasn't sure if it was going to be picked up or not. It's mm-hmm. like, mate, we'll just throw some shit on the wall. Hopefully this, this, this sells to NBC. Mm-hmm. Which is what they, they comment that that's why it's so good because they were just like, we got to just go balls to the wall. Yeah. Like, no, like risk it all because it's, we might not make it past mm-hmm. these six episodes. Yeah. So don't hold back. Which is why we get diversity day in healthcare. And we know. But when she talks about the cold open, for those of you who don't really know what a cold open is. Yeah, there's, it's a little tricky. It is. So Jenna Fisher describes it as a scene that comes before the credits that can or cannot, re- like, or that may or may not relate to the rest of the plot of the episode, but it happens independently of the plot, usually, and it doesn't affect a lot of the plot line mm-hmm. um they're interchangeable a lot of times because they aren't but i like to even go one step further and say yes. that if there is any element that does tie it to the rest of the episode yeah it's not a cold open yeah it's not a cold open at that point i at call that, it a warm, a warm open <laughs> yeah a warm open exactly and that's because it's, it's not hot it's not like Right out the gate, we're starting the episode. But it's, Which, there are episodes where... You're chosen. <laughs> yes, and you can definitely tell that there's some episodes where they don't have time and from the from the edit room to mm-hmm. really give an inch from a cold open standpoint. So they have to write an open that is either directly right into the episode yeah. or picks up from the last episode, which is rare, um, or it's a warm open, yeah. you know, so... The uh, picking up from the last episode, I found that they do that a lot in Parks and Rec. It's kind of more of a, a continuing um, instead of a like cold yeah. right out the gate. Um, the Office has so many though that are just completely independent. Like you could watch them in front of any episode and it would make sense pretty much as long as it wasn't too far apart yeah. in the seasons with plot and stuff. Which but- is the best part and which is why I think that The Office <laughs> holds so much rewatch value is that you can honestly like which is what we do. We just like, oh, I'm feeling this theme of a season, you know, right. I want to start with a fun run and, you know, and, or it's like, oh, I don't, you know, I, I want to do, you know, the Andy season, you know, or yeah. the uh, Robert, Cal- you know, it's like you, <laughs> you have different themes that are different, you know, colors of the office that you want to paint sometimes. Absolutely. I agree with and that's, that. And that's the beauty of that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can dive in anywhere and mm-hmm. it's, it's great. So. Our list of cold opens was very long still, even though I eliminated quite a few by deeming them cold, warm opens. And I will say, just I was impressed by your level of organization when it came to the office, because before we even did this, you had a sort of power ranking of your favorite office cold opens before this podcast show even came about and even was a twinkle in our eye i mean you know? yeah i definitely had I've, I've been an avid cold open fan yeah so these are very near and dear <laughs> also to, thanks to Allie though she was always a big fan of that too i just want to yes. give her a shout out she she loves cold opens so when we go through this list i i don't know if i can stress it enough how hard of it was it was for us to really make this. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just to eliminate some of the warm opens, like to admit that they are too warm to consider on this cold was open hard. List. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love so many of them. There are, I have even a list of some that 
I wanted to mention because they're just too hard to really not say. At That's all. <laughs> That's what she said. Two men on this. That's what she said. No time, but she did. No time. That's what she said. <laughs> they're too hard not to say. Like so season 4 opens with Ma Michael hitting Meredith with his car. That's an excellent open. It's it is because it's such an optimistic start to a new season. You know, he's in his uh, in his Chrysler Sebring, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he's also, I mean, it opens before that with him, like Jan had moved in and she was like splayed out on the bed and mm -hmm. he was eating cereal with soy milk and like, living the life. life. <laughs> <laughs> but then he just hits Meredith and it's like such a shock and then it just immediately cuts to the theme song. <laughs> so it's, but that sets up like an entire storyline for the season yeah know, so. and it also creates a couple other ones whenever i mean she you know has the issue with the bat yeah you know so because yeah because of the rabies right because yeah, that's so, when they find out she has rabies um it's hard to piece it together sometimes the whole <laughs> how many times meredith was infected with something right and then we just watched the dinner party episode when like this the way that michael tricks jim and pam into coming to this dinner party at his house oh my God. <laughs> by making the entire office work late with this fake corporate project. And he's so pissed about it that he's like, oh, we're not going to do like, this. Oh, he's pretending that I'm so <laughs> mad and I'm going to yell at corporate and say, we're, we're not going to do this. And you said you didn't have plans. You said you didn't have plans. It's like, oh. And then Jim's talking head is like, I'm starting to think that there was no assignment from corporate. <laughs> Michael has asked pay my to dinner nine times. Nine times. It's just that he's kept a specific count. Is such a, There's a lot of good things there. God, Jim is just the king of these like quirky one-liners. It's true. Messed up my hair. All for a stupid piece of tinfoil. But best case scenario, you thought it was a quarter. One of most people's favorite opens of the series is when Michael doesn't know that Toby is back. From Costa Rica. That's a and, golden one. And there's brownies in the conference room and everyone's just gathering and Kelly takes two brownies and she's like, one of them is for Toby. And <laughs> Michael's like, yeah, you send that to him in Costa Rica. <laughs> so I'm just no. going to hand it to him right now. <laughs> and everyone knows that he's back. He's been back for a week. Yeah. And Michael goes back there and he's like, oh, I'll just, just for old time's sake, I'll go, go and see it's which which admits that Michael hasn't gone back into the annex in at least a week and at least a week to, to do his job. <laughs> but then he goes back there and he runs into him and he's like, no, oh, God, no, God, please. No, 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 no. It's so good. But it's one of those ones that technically is such is a. It's the entire episode revolves around him trying to get rid of Toby. Toby. Yeah, fire Toby. So it's, so it's very warm. You can't do it. It's a very good open. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I wish we could have put it in there, but Absolutely. we but we can't is what we're saying. It violates our code of ethics. And the best one, obviously, is stress relief. Oh, my gosh. When Dwight does his fire preparedness stunt. Today? Smoking is going to save lives. That one, <laughs> I, I think that's what got me hooked on the show as a kid is that cold open because it was so save crazy. Bandit. Save Bandit. 
it's just amazing. But it's so, it's such a warm moment. It is. And because the rest of the episode, it is Dwight's get being punished for his, you know. And Stanley has a heart attack. And yeah. so they are trying to adjust to let him be more relaxed at work. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, the entire episode is because of that. Now, granted, the only thing that almost makes me consider is that we don't see them fix the hole in the ceiling mm-hmm. or <laughs> the window that they break. Or it just sort of glazed <laughs> over, kind of like you know the the like the chili spill, the like the 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 you know spill of chili. It's we have to assume that they cleaned it up, but at the same time, the rest of the episode does heavily revolve around it. So yeah, yeah. Can't do it. You gotta, it's a certain, you know, accepting. It is. That you just have to be like, you know what? I, I'm fine with it not being on the cold open list. And it, there's a couple that I that we went back and forth on. But, mm-hmm. you know. I love Jim's classy tuxedo. I, I just hate the Charles Minor person. You know, the. But he's not in the episode yet at that point. And open. Oh, he's not. No, it's when Michael is, they're talking about his 15th anniversary party. And Jim is like, I don't know, is it classy enough? <laughs> oh, that part. Yeah. Like yeah. He's, and he's trying to say all these classy things. And Dwight's like, enough with the classy. And then um, because of his, he throws his tantrum and like storms out, Jim is like, de classe. <laughs> and Michael says, ooh, French. Classy. Classy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really dumb. But I do love it. And is that and then later in the episode? Is that when Jim wearing the tuxedo, tuxedo the entire episode? Yeah, so it's because Charles Minor arrives and it's the new boss, and he's like, "Why didn't you tell me the new like, boss was going to come? I, was like, I, I would have brought a change." I, 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 <laughs> I wasn't this dedicated to this prank. <laughs> but I'm also happy that he was that dedicated to the I, prank, though. I honestly. He should have brought a change of clothes regardless. Regardless of the fact. I don't think he should have. I mean, should have expected at some point. Half day, maybe. He wouldn't want to be in the tuxedo anymore. You know, the joke's only funny for a couple hours. Right? You know, dress up isn't super <laughs> funny when it's Halloween. Like, I've done Halloween in, in, in an office in, in environment before. And I will tell you, like, I'm 100% that the costumes are really only funny until about 11 a.m. And, and then it gets like, oh, I need to make a call. And like I'm in this weird costume, and, and I you feel I, like Pam when she's dressed like Charlie Chaplin, and no one else. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just out of place. So yeah, I just doesn't it just doesn't do it for me. I don't get that. That's why I like. I mean, if I ever did Halloween costumes at work, it would always be something that's more casual esque. Yeah, that kind of passes for a Halloween costume. I really put in no effort when it comes to Halloween costumes. I think because we had a, I, I was on my way out of form stack at the time and I uh, did a chicken cordon blue costume, which was a blue sweater, a rubber chicken and a, a phone cord. and a phone cord. Yeah. yeah. It was ridiculously stupid. And I think that everyone's just like, wow, you really gave no fucks this Halloween. (laughs) Who else is a chicken cordon blue? Tell me that, huh? People were dressed up as like Daenerys from like Game of Thrones and stuff like that. So yeah, other people gave a little bit more fucks than I did. A lot of braids. (laughs) That is. Um, Anyway, so going through all of these opens, Mm -hmm. I had a very long process. Um, There are a lot of episodes of The Office. 
144? Something like that? I feel like I should know. Yeah. Um, 150, I think. Something like that. Yeah, there's more than enough to keep you busy for a few days and going through power rankings for this. Yeah, and it was just... Like I would watch the open and then it would go and then I click out and then I watch the next open and then it would cut. and So I just heard like the first five notes of the theme song over and over and over. <laughs> it was just, I kept trying to like predict when the ending, when the opening was yeah. going to end so that I could click away from it before <laughs> I hear it just because it was driving me crazy. Oh my gosh. But anyway. I, so, I love the intro, but it is like that meme at nighttime. There is no way to make it not, not stupid loud. Right. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> it just like blares. Yeah. So, like I said, at first process, first part of the process was determining whether it is a cold or warm open. Obviously. Obviously. From there, I just gut ranked them on one to five stars, just mm-hmm. in how funny I thought they were. Yeah. And I consulted with you on some of them, and then we also watched them. Yeah, we we adjusted a few based on your opinion and rewatching, and uh, I also categorized them based on who's in them, kind of determining what themes are better or worse. And yeah, I found that most of the good cold opens are Jim and Dwight pranks. Yep, that's, that's at the heart of it. That's the heart of. One of the heart, one of the valves of the heart of the office. Is that constant bickering <laughs> Jim between, and, yeah. Jim and Dwight's rivalry. <laughs> and then it's Jim and Jim and Pam. And then Michael. And, you know, th- there's... And you even had them breaking with each character, you know, in terms yeah. of like a category, right? Well, yeah, because there's, um, it's kind of hard, but it's, you know, it's Jim and Dwight. Sometimes Pam is involved, but a lot of times it's just them. And then most of the time... When Michael's in it, it's like him and one other person or two other people. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of the times, it's like a lot of the group, and they're in the bullpen or in the conference room. So there's these different like categories that I found, and then certain other characters are highlighted. Kevin, Andy, once Andy is manager, mm-hmm. on. So there's some things that you know give it a little bit of a differentiation. Yeah, but the majority of the best ones are definitely Jim and Dwight pranks, and then the entire group. <laughs> so, I, it, I, it's honestly funny how many of those pranks we have on here. It really is. That's, that's the the best way they use the cold open is just a random prank that they could put in front of any episode, pretty much. And that Jim spent a little bit too much money on, maybe too much money, too much time, too much brain power. Yeah. Else. Like the things he could have done without pranking Dwight with his time and money mm-hmm. and effort, which he could have possibly, I mean, he could have done a whole lot. Could have made a lot more money probably. Yes. I think it's funny when he makes a reference to that, that like when they find the old prank mm-hmm. later on and he's like, oh, I had a lot more free time back then because <laughs> then they have the kids. Yeah. He's like, oh man, I forgot about that. <laughs> Planted the seed. <laughs> 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was but, found in the uh, warehouse, right? Yeah, they're looking for the Holy Grail yep. in the warehouse. <laughs> um, so, anyway, once I dif- once I separated all of my five-star rankings, um, 
we then dwindled it down together to our top 10. A good two hour process. It was a long process. Yes. Lots of, and it's, and, and the part that was the worst was like 15 to 10. That was the worst part. Trying to get to, from the top 15 to the top 10. Because it's like you're killing a child. Yeah, it really is. And just, the, we wanted to do top 10 just because, you know, and for fits. time's sake. And we wanted to be able to really discuss each of them. But there are so many good ones that to, to, to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. But you wanna, we, we didn't even want to rank them. So we're just going to do this in no particular yeah, order. Yeah, this is in no particular order. You can count all these as ones. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah, this is basically everyone that we would rank as a number one. Yeah. <laughs> if we could. Because you you need a healthy list of ones to really be like, these are the best. Yes. And I think we have found that for you. So let's start with the earliest one. Okay. I'm, I'm, they're not going to be in order on the list, but I do want to talk about the fitness orb first. Yes. You should get one of these. No, thank you. Do you even know what this is? It is a fitness orb, and it has completely changed my life. Forget everything you thought you knew about ab workouts. Done. It's Once you know a little bit more about it, it becomes a great opening. Truly. The details that I got from the office ladies made it all the more worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> because it starts with Dwight just bouncing on his fitness orb. It's a yoga ball. You know, yeah. He calls it a fitness orb, and he's doing these weird motions with it. He's just it. like <laughs> doing his abs and yeah. stuff. <laughs> Jim is just like, and he's like knocking shit over just like accidentally yeah. because it's hard to control your body. You know, those hips are gonna be rough. That's you know, <laughs> that's what she said. I'll be your first customer, but you're hardly my first. That's what she said. Knocking shit, shit over, and you know, Jim, Dwight is like you should get one of these and jim's like no (laughs) yeah no not not gonna and but then he's like oh okay uh how much does it cost dwight says yeah it's only 25 (laughs) dollars okay so jim takes the scissors and he like does a little hand he tosses them in his hand and just like stabs them right into the side of the ball yeah but dwight and dwight just falls to the ground what was supposed to happen was a very slow, gradual sinking mm-hmm. as the ball deflates. And it because was, stabbing scissors into a yoga ball will not pop it the way that it usually shows. Because what's going to happen is the the like rubber's going to be so flexible that the scissors going through there will cause, will still like sort of close the hole, but a little bit of air will like fart out. Yeah, you know, it's slowly. a very slow process, like yeah. a balloon. I mean, I guess not like a balloon. <laughs> okay. But then all that <laughs> balloons pop like they. Some don't, though. Weather balloons? I'm just thinking of like a balloon, like just with a, like if you just let it go. That's yeah. what I meant. <laughs> yeah. A natural balloon. <laughs> <laughs> but the props guy, um, Phil Shea, had so many fitness balls i believe there were 12 12 or 13 of them and they did 
so many takes. They had a few practices and then they had, you know, one left. And all of the takes up until then had been this slow deflate. And the last the one. The last one, John Krasinski somehow managed to hit directly on the seam. And they weren't even going to do this take. They're just like, we only have one more. Might as well. Might as well just yeah. use it up. And he hits directly on the seam. Rain falls to the floor. And, and you can see the cast like reacting too, yeah. like in the background. John like pushes himself out of frame really quickly because he's like, you know, he's going to lose it. And I think you even hear something, don't you? I think so. Yeah. There's and it cuts away really quickly. So it's I mean, it's funnier that way. Yeah. But the way they did it was definitely because it was not planned. Yeah. And they had to use that last take. <laughs> yeah. And I know I like the the writer of that episode i believe or i'm not sure if he was the writer or the director but he was like you gotta use that one mm-hmm. we- whatever you do you just you gotta do <laughs> it doesn't it. matter that we did 12 of the, yeah 12 of the other kind we need to use this day. if we could have gone back and made the other 11 pop we would have but right? we can't we no we could yeah should we go buy 12 more <laughs> <laughs> just a great opening it really is so I'm gonna pick one. Is okay. that is yeah. that okay? Which one do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Sabre. Sabre. Sab or Saber. Yeah, but every but everybody talk about Sabre. <laughs> that is. So this is the episode, the first episode when Saber owns Dunder Mifflin. They've bought it out, and the new rep is going to arrive. Mr. Gabe Lewis. Gabe Lewis will be coming later. But, but Michael gets really, really excited about a new box. He gets a big box. And he gets a big old box. And he sings a song. And he sings a box. I got a big box. I got a big box. How about you? just put the clip in. Uh, I got a big box. Yes, I do. I got a big box. How about you? I got a big box. Yes, I do. I got a big box. How about you? Think you don't know what you're saying and there's uh, so many great little key moments in this cold open but probably i think the best one is when michael is asking for scissors he's like scissor me scissor me <laughs> scissor me and aaron throws him scissors in the air and michael goes like and like grabs him like that and they're just like he catches them open around yeah. his finger <laughs> and pam's face is, each time is just horrified it's really horrifying. and i and i don't know if we have confirmation yet because i don't think they're there yet in the season of office ladies but i cannot wait to learn about like how they filmed that because it must have been prop scissors or something it had to have been at least like safety scissors in terms of they're not you know they're not the sharpest shears in yeah the, in the drawer but i feel um, like you could do a lot of damage he could have probably yeah. but also it would have been hard yeah it would have that's what she said force it in as deep as you can <laughs> um, but then they they get the box and they open it and he didn't even need the scissors the way he tears it open yeah like a like an animal <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls out there's a few um office appliances printer scanner uh laptop a charger yep. yeah just a, some random cord they never specified that creed get that this got your name renal over it creed <laughs> uh, yeah and, and then 
Aaron gets the facts or the memo. She finds the note. She finds yeah. it. And amongst the chaos of him opening the <laughs> Yeah, it says to set these aside for a Gabe Lewis. <laughs> and they put the they put everything back in the box and it's like no. no. <laughs> What's what the best line I think is when Michael's like, due to circumstances beyond our control, and Dwight, Dwight just says, inattention to detail. <laughs> I have some bad news. Due to circumstances beyond my control. Impulsivity and inattention to detail. Hey, hey. <laughs> and, and impulsivity. Impulsivity and attention to detail. <laughs> A box has been opened that should not have been opened. <laughs> and things have been distributed that were not distributable. <laughs> Oh, he's so good. But they get it all back together, only to realize Michael put his cell phone in there. <laughs> his phone ring. Yeah. But as soon as they tape it shut. Which I don't even think that it is his phone though, because Michael's ringtone is my hump's eight bit version. Same as your ringtone. Yes, my ringtone. <laughs> which is an homage to Sir Michael Scott. But that's not the ringtone that plays, so I like I I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a question. It might be Aaron's. He changes his phone ringtone quite a bit. He does? I mean, it, it is my humps at one point. It, there is another song I remember that's... I don't remember what it was. I can't think of it. But it is a different song. Okay. And uh, and then there's sometimes when it is just ringing. Mumbo number five. Okay. It was mumbo number five at oh, one point, remember? Always. Uh, that's right. It is... <laughs> But my humps is arguably the best ringtone. Absolutely. Just, just gonna say that. Yes. Uh, you want to pick one more? But no, one more thing at oh. the end of that, though, he says "scissor me" again. Yeah, and he does it again. <laughs> and, and Pam is right next to him, and she's pregnant. And she's, she's like, "No." I just think that just when she puts her hand on her belly, it's like, oh. "Aaron, scissor me, please." No, don't. Thank you. Oh, got it. Okay. All right. Next. Um, Kevin's famous chili. It's a it's an iconic one. We had to put this one in here. Iconic, a because it is such a cold open. Yeah, it doesn't no bearing on the episode. It is never mentioned again. Kevin's chili is never brought up any other time in the show, and he only does it once a year. So that's probably why that is. Yes, <laughs> but they do so many different cold opens for you know holidays and whatnot that you would think that. Like, there would be at least one time that they had a big pot of chili in the background that just didn't go discussed, which right. maybe there was, and we just haven't seen it yet. You need to go find that. You need to find it. <laughs> but I've never seen a big pot of chili before, mm -hmm. or them referencing it. But it's just so out of left field that it's it takes you by surprise. Yeah. And they, you know, the level of cringe in that entire scene is so rough. Just a man wallowing on the floor with... <laughs> you know chili and park and park cooked onions it's, you know it's so big. it is like it's so big that kevin can't carry it and kevin is a big dude yeah i mean that's got to be like at least like 50 gallons maybe worth of stuff in there a, a stock pot yeah it's, you know? it's definitely a stock pot. you know so also the, the he had to use a like an external burner probably to cook that mm -hmm. you know it's kind of weird that he didn't put it into other another container because they're not gonna eat all that at work and he's curing it with oven mitts so presumably it was hot still 
So he drove it to work hot. <laughs> and then he's like trying, he's like hugging it at one point, trying to carry it. So it must be really at least very warm against mm-hmm. his body. Yeah. Which might explain why he tries to adjust his grip and then it, you know, falls everywhere. Undercook the onions. Everybody is going to get to know each other in the pot. I'm serious about this stuff. I'm up the night before. <laughs> but him explaining the recipe just in a voiceover as we watch him spill the entire thing all over the carpet. It's poetic. <laughs> it really is. And then he tries to, he grabs the paper um, folders and what? It's like the slot thing for yeah. the paper shelf. Mm-hmm. And he tries to scoop it back into the pot. Classic. Uh, it's one of the it's one of the cringiest things that I can stand on the show. Yeah. It's like not Scott's I it's not Scott Stott's level. And it's slightly below the level of the dinner party. Yeah. So, right, it's on the verge. Um I'm gonna pick one of my favorites. Okay. Recyclops. That's the one I want to pick. Recyclops. Recyclops. <laughs> this is only brought up one time in the show. And it's not a year a yearly gag that happens for Earth Day or what whatnot. It's just mm-hmm. one year they happen to land on Earth Day for the show mm-hmm. and they decided to do an Earth Day base cold open yeah. where But we see several years of it. Yes. In the one open. Yes. They Oh, they make up for it. It's a character development. <laughs> and it starts with the early iteration of Dwight as Recyclops with just, you know, homemade items uh, slowly improving to more and more of a costume each year. He's, that- the, he's the recycling Cyclops. And at first he's just wearing like a T-shirt and he has a fake eye in his forehead. Yeah. He's like, I'm Recyclops. Happy Earth Day, everyone. I'm Recyclops. Recycle. Recycle. <laughs> but it gets much more dramatic. He has like an alarm clock on at one point and like helmets and, you know, it, 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 dive, it just goes so crazy. And probably the best part about this cold open is when I think his third year, he has this crazy new persona mm-hmm. and Stanley's like, what like- happened to Recyclops? <laughs> He's like, I thought he was killed by... Oh, is it Recyclops Day? I thought he was killed by Politicorn or something. <laughs> Oh, it's the day of Recyclops Day? Yes. I thought you were killed by Polluticorn. Ah, Polluticorn wishes. (laughs) Polluticorn. Polluticorn wishes. (laughs) And Jim explains it like his fictitious planet was attacked by some other fictitious thing and something happened. (laughs) It's like has its mind of its own. He turned against Earth. (laughs) Now he he destroys Earth. (laughs) Then tragedy struck Recyclops when his fictional planet was attacked by some other fictitious thing. I can't remember. Recyclops will have his revenge. I think this was also the year that he renounced Earth Day and vowed to destroy the planet he once loved. I just love how invested Stanley is. And it's like Stanley's invested. He remembers all the details. He's invested in Pretzel Day. He's he's invested in 5 o'clock and he's invested in Recyclops. And in closing time. Closing time. Well, that's 5 p.m. I technically would say. It's related. True. Very true. But Recyclops is... It's 
chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. So that is six and six, episode 11, mm-hmm. the shareholder meeting. For those of you following along. Okay, I'll I'll be sure to add that in next time I, I do. Um, The red wire prank is one of my favorites. This was controversial between us because it was... It was rough, but I just, I fought for it because I love it. And we, and we agreed that it should stay. So, the highlights. Jim got 500 feet of red wire from a flea market mm-hmm. for $20. Naturally. And, and so he plugged it into Dwight's computer, ran it all over the office, outside, up a telephone pole, and it Dwight... Just, finds it and he's like what's this uh it's a wire right uh if all the computers have it i've got to get back to work <laughs> yeah and so jim picks up the phone to pretend to go back to work and the camera pans away from him he immediately puts the phone <laughs> <laughs> it's so clear he doesn't give a shit i'm busy i can't talk about this anymore but dwight's distracted enough by this wire to not notice so he starts following it, and it goes under Phyllis's desk and around the bookcase and over the door. Yep. <laughs> and you see an, uh, a talking head with Jim uh, next to a window, and then it pans or zooms in, and you see Dwight climbing yeah, the, 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 the pole. And the window. it's like, oh, he'll be okay. I made it. <laughs> I made it up there. Yeah, I made he'll it up there. He'll be fine. I got 500 feet of red wire at a flea market up by Dunmore High School. 20 bucks for the whole spool. Crazy. What a deal. Oh, he'll be fine. I made it up there. But again, just goes to show how much time and effort Jim... I just love imagining Jim climbing the telephone pole. He has a newborn at this time, right? Yeah. This is right after he had Cece. Right. This is, yeah, season... Five episode thirteen, so, so it's farther into the series, and yeah, so he just had a baby at this point. I remember because we talked about it. You're like, wait, mm-hmm. how did he have time to do this between having a baby, going there? You know, he had to do it in his off hours, like at night when no one would see, because someone randomly climbing a telephone pole is definitely suspicious. I mean, it is Pens- it is Scranton. I don't know how much police traffic they're going to have. Still. The, okay. Just the fact that he was able to do it, impressive, deserving of a top 10 spot. Yes. Red wire, solid open. And I also think it's a good callback because they mentioned before that Jim and Pam like to go flea markets together. That's true because, yeah. uh, fun run. That's a garage. That's an estate sale, but yeah. Similar. Yeah, I mean, similar. I mean, right. they like to, like to thrift, mm-hmm. get their, get their thrifty fingies on stuff. Hmm, see which one should I pick now. Uh, I'm going to pick Asian Jim, Andy's Ancestry, Season 9, Episode 3. Yeah, this was a later one, but they really pulled out all the stops. And I will say that this one will, this is the ultimate Jim prank, in my opinion. I think so. Because not only did he recruit someone else, they did such a good job at recreating Jim's life, getting Pam involved with it. It's it's the best because I don't know how I would react in that situation. I know. That's an immediate gaslighting because gaslighting typically takes place over a long period of time to right. you know make it possible. But this is just like an immediate thing. Like, did I have a stroke? Did I forget mm-hmm. things? Like, am I like clearly, you know, how could they make this up? 
You know, he he remembers the client that he sold to last week. He knows his voicemail password. Yeah. It's like. They have the photo <laughs> with the children <laughs> who are suddenly Asian. Also. Yeah. He's like, hey, hats off to you for never noticing Ray's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pam comes up and kisses him. And yeah. that's like, that's the last straw. Dwight's like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's Pam just has a talking head explaining Jim's at the dentist today. Jim's at the dentist this morning, and Steve is an actor friend of ours. But it's Randall Park. Randall Park from Fresh Off the Boat and a lot of other things. He's great. WandaVision? He is in, yeah, he's in the Marvel Universe. universe. Yeah. And several of them is the uh, sword. Yeah, agent. I think he's also in Ant-Man, probably. It feels like he'd be in the, in the Ant-Man movie. No, I don't remember. I feel like it. I know he's out there, but he, I just know him as Fresh Off the Boat because him as Louis Huang is iconic, and that's one of my favorite shows. <laughs> <laughs> and he does such a good job tricking Dwight with this. It's hilarious. Oh and the way that nobody else is even reacting to it. In the office, cares. It, you know, yeah. it, it just, it's like, oh, here, like, just an, Dwight, a normal day. Dwight is so gullible but he's also very perceptive and like he knows it's wrong you know he's like questions everything this shouldn't be a thing no but he's also like i need to make it right i need to figure this out this i need to correct it but in in my opinion this is one of the uh cold opens that trumps the uh no pun intended because fuck trump but um it's the ultimate gym prank and we put this in over the bears beats uh paddlestar galactica because that one is so overdone that it's hard to really warrant a top 10 spot when it's one of the most quoted lines in the show mm-hmm. yes it is funny but after a while you really start to you know like if you've watched that cold open it's not super funny anymore at least for us and there's definitely others that you laugh out loud like you cannot control it yeah and that one's you know just not as not as strong it's because it got so many people into the show it's like ha 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 yeah I've heard this so many times you it's know really great. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica ha ha you know yeah. it's it's an overdone inside joke of the show. I think the funnier part is that Jim found the glasses randomly. And that's what started the whole thing. And it just inspired him yeah. to be like, I'm going to go to and, the Salvation Army and find a yellow shirt and a tie. And, and a, a watch. briefcase and a watch. And all this cost... $11. $11. Last week, I was in a drugstore and I saw these glasses. Uh, $4. And it only cost me $7 to recreate the rest of the ensemble, and that's a grand total of $11. (laughs) (laughs) And Dwight doesn't even process it at first. He's almost, like, going to get into the conversation. He's like, oh, I can actually, like talk to Jim because he seems like a cool yeah. today. Now it actually is, yeah. <laughs> but then he's like, wait, what's going on? Wait. <laughs> Identity theft is not a joke, so, Jim. We're talking about it anyway, clearly, but it it's, didn't make our top ten because Asian Jim is a better impersonation. Yes. Asian Jim is a superior Jim. De- 
beating any type of Jim Dwight. So I will say that Dwim. Asian Dwim. Dwim. <laughs> Asian Jim is better than Dwim. So we're saying it. And that is our final verdict on that when it when it comes to Asian Jim. Which I, which I know it's con, it's as contest, it's as contentious as grilled cheese and melts are. Which if you don't if you don't know about that, do a little research and go down that rabbit hole and realize and you know realize they don't want to go walk into the the ocean and just <laughs> end it all. <laughs> all right, next one, um, season four, episode five, launch party. One of my favorite episodes. Launch party. Lanch party. <laughs> there was a lanch party, Kevin. Is that any better? <laughs> Why don't you just change the U to an A? <laughs> Maybe you could just change the U into an A. Then it would say lanch party, Kevin. Would it really be better if it said lanch party? Oh, lunch party. It's supposed to say launch. Okay, wow. Easy booster seat. Nobody cares about this party anyway. <laughs> it would say lanch party. So the last party opening is a conference room meeting. So it is the entire group. Michael's leading it. He's very upset with the boringness of the expense reports or the quarterly reports that mm-hmm. they've been giving him. He wants them to add graphics or, you know, if it's a good quarter, it should be a firework or a race car. And everyone seems riveted. They're really into it. And what they're actually watching is... The box on the TV bouncing around, the DVD logo bouncing around, just waiting for it to hit the corner, right perfectly in the corner. This is such a deep cut of my childhood. And I I know that we've all done this with stuff like, you know, when we're driving on the road, weird patterns that we play of like stuff jumping to and from stuff or aligning perfectly and you know we all do that in our head subconsciously but we don't really talk about it a lot it's the mild or you know the the why why am i blinking oddly satisfying yeah it's the the oddly satisfying (laughs) effect of the mind Mm -hmm. seeing something that just aligns just so and it's a deep cut because i remember as a kid hope i mean not not you know hoping that it hits exactly but you know hoping that you know just watching it move and bounce back and mm-hmm. forth and i'm sure others have had that thought and it's just i i love it because eventually it does hit and i don't even know if it if it ever would have hit in real life it does but that's what i've definitely seen pam said that she saw it before. i've definitely seen it <laughs> Pam claims that she saw it one day when she was alone in the conference room. Okay. <laughs> I believe she thinks she saw it. I saw it. I saw it, and it was amazing. Who said I didn't see it? Did Jim say that I didn't see it? I saw it. <laughs> I spent a long time as a child wanting to see this happen also. Oh, you did? I related very heavily to this opening. We all have been there, apparently. I, I guess it's one of those like universal things. If you've had a DVD player at some point in your life and you were in standby... Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> if you were in, uh, you know, at, as a kid and you had uh, the TV in standby mode and the DVD thing was in there... Apparently, you have to have had this thought as well, or else you're not human. I agree. And it always does end up hitting the corner at some point. 
I don't know what the algorithm is or I, the pattern. Or I how doubt it. Works, it. I doubt it because I've never it, seen it, it hit the corner. And they see, they see it in the episode. They show it on screen. Well, so I'm taking Jim's side of things because when people say like, oh, I've seen it hit the corner. It's like, yeah, sure you did. <laughs> but they see it all together as a group at the end of this open. Sort of a where's Waldo? Oh! So I need to be there to witness it is what I'm saying. I okay. need to be there to believe it. I need to see it to believe it. Okay. I need to see it to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> But when it hits the corner and they all erupt in applause, mm-hmm. Michael thinks it's for him. Yeah. And he's and like, he's had a wonderful <laughs> idea. And they, they just all walk out like the meeting's over. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, all right, great meeting. End it on the high note, guys. Good job. <laughs> he doesn't even care that they weren't listening. They didn't resolve anything. I feel the like that's pointless. I mean, as all conference room it, meetings are. Yes. All conference meetings are completely pointless. <laughs> <laughs> If if I was leading a meeting, though, that I was really wasn't like passionate about and I was just like wanted to get done with it and people are just like leaving and I'd be like, cool. Yeah, we're done, too, guys. Yep. See ya. What want to be? Ya? <laughs> so we're down to our top three, but I kind of want to take a dab. You want to take a dab? Would you want to do that with me? I'm down with that. And we're back. And we are sufficiently <laughs> high. So high. So high. Those dabs you're going to see are uh, pretty potent. We've been doing these dabs all day, and we actually just got another <coughs> 9.6 grams of the stuff called pink from Permafrost Labs. Pink. You can see it on our Instagram. Oh, it's so good. It's citrusy. It's a little florally, you know, but comes through really good with the terps. Mm. We are a little wrecked right now. Very baked. If you can't tell, I'm probably at like a good seven right now out of ten. Oh, I'm up there too. Easy. It's hard for me to get above an, uh, seven. Because if I get above seven, I'm like hurting my lungs at a certain point, you know? It's less about getting high and more about hurting my body. That, just the recovery process yeah. makes it less fun. Yeah, you have to do, it's like I need to do a lot of weed to get fucked up, and it's like, it takes a lot out of my Smaller body. Smaller dabs more frequently. God, it's like eating food throughout the day. It's like, it's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Ugh, I'll eat one, I'll eat a bowl of Cheerios a day. Make me. <laughs> <coughs> so we've got three more to go. These are, I mean, these are still in no particular order, but you know. We've got three more to go. we got three more to go. <laughs> <laughs> you want to start? Okay, I want to talk about Phyllis. This is a such a good one. We so, both fought for this one to stay in. I don't know why we were so hardcore about it. We almost wanted to, like, it's it's so understated, but that's what makes it so fun. Yeah. So it's in season eight, episode twenty-one, Angry Andy. So it's raining. That's the whole premise mm-hmm. of this open. Is it's raining. And Phyllis always says the same 12 cliches when it rains. Yes. And. What is an example of one of these cliches? It's raining cats and dogs. Um, the roads are the slickest in the first half hour. I wish I could just curl up with a nice good bug. That's the one that they can't get her to say. Yes. So the bet is Jim says if you can get her to say all of them by noon, I will send out for hot chocolates for everybody. Phyllis says the same 12 cliches every time it rains. So, I promised everyone that if she says them all by noon today, 
I will send out for hot chocolates. That's mm-hmm. what Jim promises. And they get her to say 11. 11 and um, she says, oh, the plants are going to love this. <laughs> and um, but the funniest part is they're like really baiting her to say the I wish I could stay at home curled up with a good book or this weather makes me want to stay at yeah, home. Don't you wish you could be doing something else right now? Like, isn't there just some things that are so cozy when it rains? And Jim's just like, come on. Really? This is like a layup. <laughs> You're just asking to dunk it on him. Come on. But then she has a talking head saying, oh, well, normally this kind of weather would make me want to just stay at home curled up with a good book, but everyone's being so nice to me today. I really like being here. I mean, normally the rain would make me want to stay at home curled up with a good book, but everybody's being so nice to me today. I'm really happy being here. It's so fucking sweet. It's just the sweetest thing. And it's the fact that that's what they kind of backfired on them. Yeah. And And then Jim sends out for two hot chocolates for him and Phyllis. Yes. (laughs) All right. So the next one I'm going to do is uh, the Morse code prank from the cover up uh, season six, episode 24. Excellent. Gosh. This is another prank that they do later in their relationship and they have children and it's like the time yeah and money and effort (laughs) but they do explain why yeah (laughs) so apparently uh dwight ends up insulting uh pams for her her dress size right yeah he says something about losing the baby weight because she asked him to stop tapping his foot on his desk or something yeah. really un- uneven uncalled. <laughs> uncalled for yeah it's like whoa you're coming at this with way more heat than it needs to be so she is out for revenge oh my gosh and the i actually think that they did learn more i mean not learn but they're using correct morse code in this you, you know? know morse code no but i'm just saying that like it appears like they are so i would assume that for the show's authenticity they wouldn't just be doing random i agree you know they would probably at least have done a little bit of research Mm -hmm. well they did talk about in office ladies that they they like translated the binary code that dwight writes at one point oh to the uh machine or to the oh yeah when he's against when he's fighting against the computer (laughs) and this is on launch party also but it's supposed to be like f you Mm mm-hmm but in very abbreviated, you know, binary yeah. code. And so I wouldn't put it past them to having written in actual Morse code and them having to... Go back and forth between Dwight. Yeah, they had to memorize this sort of like choreography, you know, yeah. like, you know, clicking the pen. Just the basic stuff, you mm-hmm. know, or making bomb, you know, it's, you know... It, <laughs> so once you get past the point of... um. Dwight calling uh, out Jenna Fisher or Pam for, um, you know, using Morse code back and forth. Right. She's like, really? You're saying that we... <laughs> we, with our very limited budget and our very limited time. spare time, went out and got a nanny and took a class on a very outdated mode of communication just so we could talk about you in front of you. Yeah, that's what we're doing. In our very limited free time and with our very limited budget, we went and got a nanny 
and then we went out and took a class on a very outmoded and very unnecessary form of communication just so we could talk about you and in front of you. And then it's a super hard, quick cut. It's exactly what we did. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's exactly what we did. But now that he, or now that Jim and Pam know Morse code, it kind of eliminates Dwight from ever using it again as his own form of, you know, communication because it's only, you know. If he's trying what, to hide it from them. Yeah, realistically yeah. only he knows it, mm-hmm. you know. It's true. And think beyond it a little bit. It's <laughs> layers deep. All right. So do you want to finish us yeah, off with last, the last? Last but not least, um, season three, episode 15, Phyllis's wedding. Ooh. <laughs> so before Phyllis's wedding, we get a very interesting science experiment from Jim. He does a Pavlovian response uh, to <laughs> Dwight. He creates this reaction based on his computer restarting. The that little, he wants an Altoid. Yeah. So he Jim talks about how in the talking head, you know, he's he's read or I heard learned about this scientist who trained dogs to want a treat in response to a bell. Mm-hmm. So I decided to try a little experiment of my own, <laughs> and so he offers Dwight an Altoid every time he restarts his computer. He keeps making up excuses to restart his computer. Yeah. And. It goes over several days of him establishing this behavior. And getting a reward. And then giving him an Altoid every yeah. time. And then there's a point when Jim restarts his computer and Dwight just holds his hand out like, <sighs> and Jim says, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I just. And Dwight just says, I don't know. <laughs> sudden. My mouth tastes so bad all of a sudden. <laughs> Jim just looks the camera like, I did it. It worked. <laughs> it's really good. And that one's just excellent because it's science. It would, that one would probably. It's I mean, not it, that much of a stretch from no, reality. You can honestly, you can watch videos in the line of people doing this to, to other people mm-hmm. at, at work and other forms of pranks. I mean, so. Not super far fetched that this could actually happen. Yeah. I would say. And like I said, Dwight is gullible enough to simple minded enough become susceptible to this sort of manipulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like a he's I mean, it's what it's what you used to train dogs and stuff like that and yeah. you know, behavior for cats. So Dwight is like a dog, trainable like yeah. a dog. He's definitely he's obedient <laughs> and responsive. Loyal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> he takes commands very well he from does. those he deems worthy of obedience. Or his alpha. Right. <laughs> Michael is his alpha. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. Just just his immediate superior. And then immediately whenever he can't or whenever that person is no longer useful to him or no longer his alpha, he does no he no longer respects them. Like whenever mm-hmm. for example, whenever uh he gets briefly put in charge as the branch whenever he's like faking that, you know, Jan pointed him as the manager, mm-hmm. you know, immediately he's like, uh, yeah, you were, you were great here, you know, right. No more use for Michael. So yeah. it just shows the show he's who serves him. Mm-hmm. He sees everyone as his subordinates. Exactly. But to what degree will he have to serve them until he's time? Right. 
So that's all. That's our top 10. Yeah. I I would like to hear from at least two people and whether it be a comment or an email, what your favorite cold open was. Your favorite. I would like you to try and narrow it down to one. And if it's not one of these top 10 of ours, then that'll be even more interesting. Yeah, let us know. We would like to at least see what we missed in our But if list. you come at us with a warm open, we're going to call you back. We will on shut it. you down. And we will gloat about it. <laughs> <laughs> because we know there are some good warm opens. We know it. We They're have, funny. Yes. But you need to learn it. And that's what we're saying is if you come at us with some weak shit, we're going to come at you with some double hard shit. <laughs> that's what she said. That's what she said. Michael. I can't believe you came. That's what she said. <laughs> I don't think I couldn't think of a better way to end this episode. All right. Well, we will talk to everyone on the next episode. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, we have a, a, a very special episode next. Yes, we do. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll put out some teasers. Okay. But uh, I don't want to, you know, fully let the... Really <laughs>